You are now listening to the MS podcast by Sanofi Genzyme. In this podcast, the brain takes center stage when Ole Petteriella, best-selling author and professional speaker, explores the different dimensions of MS and brain health through conversations with international specialists within neuroscience, psychology and physical activity. Many people with MS talk about the brain fog. Thinking and memory problems, also known as cognitive problems, are common in MS. Often when we hear about MS, we think of muscles that fail the body. But MS is, first of all, a disease you have in your brain. Brain loss is actually one of the most serious consequences of the disease. Treatment of cognitive impairments is still in its infancy. MS specialists talk about this topic as one of the most difficult topics to discuss with the patients. And hence, it's very much a neglected area in the treatment of MS patients. But fear not, you can actually boost your brain reserve and train your brain to maintain your cognitive health. Let's hear how from neuropsychologist Paivi Hemalainen, who daily works at the Moscow Neurological Rehabilitation Center in Finland. Welcome, Paivi. Thank you. So let's start with the first question. So why are these cognitive problems, the invisible signs of chronic diseases like MS, why are they so hard to treat? Yes, cognitive problems are complicated to treat in MS uh, because they are variable, they are difficult to predict, and they may be progressive as the disease itself also. Often a comprehensive neuropsychological assessment is needed to identify which cognitive areas are affected and which are not. And there are no effective symptomatic medications to treat MS-associated cognitive impairments. And those are the reasons why they are so hard to treat. Do we know how common cognitive problems are in MS patients? Yes, approximately 50 to 60 percent of patients with MS are evaluated to have cognitive impairments. And in addition to permanent cognitive impairments, Uh, due to problems in the functioning of central nervous system. Cognition may be affected in MS also temporarily due to lowered mood or depression or due to relapses known as cognitive re- relapses and due to fatigue also. Can you say something about which cognitive skills are most often affected in these patients? Yes, cognitive impairments, uh, they are highly variable and individual, but it is known that memory, new learning, information processing, and different uh, attentional functions, as well as executive functions, seem to be the most affected cognitive domains in MS. And many patients also complain about fatigue affecting cognitive performance and, for example, ability to concentrate. Yeah, so obviously if you have these cognitive impairments, they are uh, playing a tremendous part of your day. It really affects your day-to-day living. Yeah, that's true. They they affect quality of life, how patients function in daily living, patients' working ability, even might make it difficult to drive a car and also might have an effect on rehabilitation outcome and and the living of, of the significant others. Do some patients uh, have cognitive impairment as their first symptom of their MS or do most patients have uh, the traditional uh, muscles failing the body 
if you can use those uh, terms uh, as the first symptoms. Yeah, it might even be possible that the star, uh, the disease starts with cognitive impairments. For example, problems in in uh, attentional functions or ability to concentrate for a longer period. One of the things that you say, Pavi, is that every MS patient should be offered cognitive rehabilitation or cognitive training. Explain that. Yeah, I think that every patient with MS uh, may have at least temporary cognitive deficits. And that is why patients need information on why and how MS affects cognition. And recent studies have shown that high cognitive reserve, uh, which means active use of one's cognitive resources, may protect against uh, cognitive problems. Uh, patients with high cognitive reserve seem to be more resistant to cognitive impairments than their less active colleagues. And that is also why patients should be actively supported to be cognitively active and use their existing resources. And cognitive retraining has been shown to improve affected cognitive functions such as attention and learning performance. And more compensatory approaches seem to be especially useful when cognitive problems are more widespread. And the aim of rehabilitation is to support patients to come along with the existing cognitive impairments. So cognitive training is important for every MS patient. And But despite what you say about the importance of this uh, treatment or rehabilitation or training, uh, it still seems like a neglected area. And I know that many neurologists say that this is one of the most difficult topics to talk about with the patients. Why do you think that is? Why is it so difficult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be the case. Cognitive problems is one of the many symptoms of, of MS. And they are invisible and patients may avoid talking about these kind of problems. While the problems may even uh, progress and no symptomatic medications exist, they might be an area difficult to talk about. And cognitive and neuropsychological rehabilitation have been shown effective in in head trauma and and strokes uh, already a long time ago. But the effects have not been actively evaluated in in progressive diseases with uh, even progressive cognitive decline. And there is, however, a growing body of evidence on the positive effects of rehabilitation in cognitive impairments associated with MS. And that is why it should now be easier to talk about cognitive impairments with the patients also. I know that for quite a large large part of the general population, MS is still thought about as a disease of the muscles. Could it be that the patients don't think that the cognitive symptoms they have is related to MS at all? Is that one of the cha- uh, Are those one of the challenges? Yes, that, that was the case uh, at least um, some 10 years ago when the existing information on uh, cognitive problems in, in uh, MS was was quite uh, minimal. But nowadays, patients uh, know more about cognitive impairments associated with MS. And uh, I think 
they are a little bit more spontaneous to talk about these problems. But of course, it's understandable that uh, when you have a disease which is progressive and multi-symptom and you have uh, different mild problems, so if you go to a doctor and you have only 10 to 15 minutes time, you have to pick the most difficult um, in your daily living. And that might be that these motor problems, which, which are also more easily treated, are those which are the ones the patients are also willing to talk about. Right. Could you give us some very practical examples of uh, brain training exercises that you use for patients with MS? Yes, I, I think that brain training or cognitive training may include whatever activities where we use our cognitive resources. That means playing games with other people, playing some computerized games, being uh, simply socially active, doing sudokus and word puzzles and simply doing different household activities. But if the aim truly is to improve a specific cognitive ability, for example, ability to focus your attention, uh, the best possible training method might require a visit to a neuropsychologist and a discussion what kind of improvement is desired. And based on that, the neuropsychologist together with the patient may select a good procedure, for example, for computerized attentional training. Sanofi Genzyme is a proud sponsor of the Global MS Brain Health Initiative, where the aim is to maximize lifelong brain health for people living with MS, creating a better future for everyone affected by the disease. The initiative calls for greater urgency at every stage from diagnosing, treating and managing MS. Time matters in MS. Read more about the initiative at msbrainhealth.org. So Paivik, could you tell us a little bit about which cognitive skills specifically are most affected in MS patients and maybe a few words on how we can deal with these specific challenges, practically speaking? Yes. So the most frequent cognitive impairments are those in memory and new learning, information processing, attentional functions and, and executive functions. And um, most oftenly, for example, if the patient has uh, problems with memory, we might train uh, different um, memory or learning tasks, either computerized or using paper and pencil, and try to find which are the memory processes which are affected, and uh, then try to find uh, ways how this can uh, be done differently. And that means that we do different memory exercises using stories, list learning and things like that and try to find strategies which are most um, um, effective or, or um, uh, seem to function for that specific patient. 
But you can imagine that when these problems are highly individual, you cannot use the same um, tasks for each patient, but you, you have to find those ones which are most suitable for, for, for a certain patient. In addition to memory, you said executive functions. Yeah, executive functions means problems in planning a certain uh, thing to do, to execute it, and especially uh, make uh, modifications in the way you are executing the tasks if something is, is going wrong. And also the ability to evaluate how the task was performed. And that might might mean, for example, that uh, a neuropsychologist together with a patient plans some um, tasks which is significant for the patient. For example, planning what kind of things I'm packing with me when I'm going to uh, uh, work travel. And then we evaluate uh, how the task was performed and what kind of difficulties might come there when you are are doing the tasks. And for example, problems with attention, you might have problems to focus your attention, to divide it to uh, several things at a time and to the ability to sustain your attention. And the patient might have difficulty specifically in some of the uh, sub-functions of of attention or might even uh, have more widespread attentional difficulties. And depending on the nature of, of the patient's attentional problems, we can use already existing attentional tasks or exercises, or we can also plan those individually and tailor-made those for the patient. So if I understand you correctly, a lot of these exercises are done with neuropsychologists, right? Yes. In Finland, we typically uh, do like this, at, at least when selecting the tasks which are most suitable for the patients. If you are willing to promote or or improve some specific cognitive function which is affected in in the patient, you have to evaluate what kind of problem is there and then plan or use a task which improves that function. But of course, you can uh, do cognitively activating tasks also without this kind of evaluation. But then you cannot know whether you are improving the affected function or if you are doing overall cognitive uh, uh, cognitive activity exercises. How about physical exercise? Physical exercise is uh, regarded as extremely important for the brain health overall. But um, there is also some um, studies showing some positive effects uh, on uh, physical exercising to cognitive performance. But the um, amount of studies is uh, quite low and there there are also some controversies on the results. 
And nowadays it's uh, also a um, uh, very uh, interesting area to evaluate uh, so-called dual tasking or cognitive motor uh, training and uh, the effect of that on both physical and cognitive performances. Yeah, so it sounds like here you're using the old um, saying that um, use it or lose it, like you need to use the areas of your brain that deals with cognition, What whatever areas that you use are strengthened and the ones you don't use or train, they are weakened. Yeah, that's the case, both for physical and cognitive uh, functioning. How important is early intervention here with this cognitive training? Should Patients with MS who don't really feel any loss of cognitive function, should they start with these exercises before they have any symptoms? Yeah, we, we cannot underestimate the importance of cognitive and brain reserve. And that is why we should try to promote brain health by every possible way. Taking good care of physical activity, nutrition, sleeping, and also cognitive and uh, cognitive activity and, and psychological well-being, and that means that we should be cognitive cognitively active all the time, and that might be one of the factors which uh, act as a factor which which uh, have a positive effect on your overall well-being. You work with patients. Could you give me some clinical examples? Tell me about how this cognitive training has impacted particular patients' lives. Yeah, this might have clear uh, positive effects, for example, on, on patients' ability to work. If, for example, a patient have uh, problems with attentional functions, it is important to talk about these problems and by the means of doing, for example, some computerized training, have an idea on what kind of problems there are and uh, what are the individual strengths of the patient and then find the best ways to cope with these both cognitive strengths and weaknesses. And that might mean some modifications at work, for example, taking breaks to support your endurance and, and avoiding cognitive fatigue, doing most important duties when you are most alert and uh, overall to understand one's cognitive performances and, for example, fatigue so that the patient knows which factors deteriorate, which factors alleviate their fatigue or some cognitive functions and what kind of modifications can support them to being active and be able to work as, as they desire. So these training exercises that you give your patients, uh, are they simple to execute? Is it difficult to get the patients to actually do them? I would like to say that if the patients have quite um, focused cognitive impairments, which have, for example, effects on their working ability, they are usually extremely motivated to do something for the problem. And that's the cases where the patients are motivated to do also some exercises at home. And uh, after doing that at home, they, they come to a neuropsychologist to talk about 
uh, how they had had been um, coping with with the uh, exercises and uh, what kind of ideas they have based on these exercises so they most of those at least those in in computerized formats they are quite easy and uh, in many cases patients are motivated to do those at home also these uh, brain training exercises has this become a, a standard part of the treatment package in uh, in finland for ms patients No, I, I wouldn't say so. It, it's nowadays typical in Finland that uh, patients with MS, they are offered information on how MS affects cognition, how it is important to be cognitively active. We give a kind of, of uh, receipt for uh, treating your cognitive activity. And patients are offered a possibility to a neuropsychological assessment, a quite comprehensive one, if cognitive problems, for example, show a risk not to be able to work anymore. And if if there are uh, signs of cognitive problems in uh, neuropsychological assessments, patients can be offered short. Um, neuropsychological rehabilitation um, executed, for example, as an outpatient format or as a part during inpatient rehabilitation course. But only for part of the patients, cognitive exercises, cognitive training is a central part of neuropsychological rehabilitation. Because when the cognitive impairments come more widespread, neuropsychological or cognitive rehabilitation should be more holistic uh, because the aim might not anymore be the improvement of a specific cognitive function, but uh, how the patient can come along with the existing problems. And that's the case where we need not only cognitive training or cognitive exercises, but also so-called neuropsychoeducation so that the patient can cope with the existing problems. You touched upon this previously, Pavi, but could you say something more about what kind of evidence we have for the effectiveness of these uh, cognitive training programs in MS? Yes, there is a growing body of evidence on the positive effects of cognitive uh, rehabilitation in, in multiple sclerosis. And it seems that cognitive training uh, aiming to the improvement of specific cognitive functions has been shown to improve cognitive functions as well as also cerebral activation, connectivity and neuroplasticity. And there is also evidence that uh, more holistic approaches, including uh, training of compensatory strategies and uh, neuropsychoeducation, they support uh, the, the patient's ability to come along with these cognitive impairments. So, Paivi, looking a little bit into the future, uh, what do you think cognitive training can do for the future treatment of MS patients? Yes, I, I think it's 
extremely important that we talk about cognitive impairments in MS, how these kind of symptoms are related to MS, because talking about these function as a method to support patients to be cognitively active, to prevent cognitive impairments. But also that um, we have a challenge to strengthen the existing evidence. We know that uh, there are already uh, positive signs on the effects of cognitive uh, rehabilitation in MS, but uh, we need more studies and, and we, we need more evidence on, on the effect so that we could uh, design uh, cognitive rehabilitation for uh, different cognitive impairments. And we also know which are the strategies which are most effective, for example, patients in the early phases, patients with uh, some specific cognitive impairments, or even patients with uh, progress disease and more widespread cognitive impairments. So I think cognitive rehabilitation or cognitive treatment methods should always be a part of, of the multi-professional treatment of, of multiple sclerosis. So it's clear that this is very important to talk about with the patients. Do you feel that we, the doctors, are good enough at talking about this with our patients? Yes, I think neuros neurologists and general practitioners are, are good enough to talk about these, uh, these problems. There are well quite uh, well um, uh, information on MS and, and cognition, and there are also some uh, very practical booklets which might be given to patients so that they can read about these problems um, and, and talk with their families, for example. And there is also uh, RIMS Rehabilitation in Multiple Sclerosis Initiated Project called Applied Evidence with Confidence. And, and in this project, we have collected uh, data um, on, on the effects of uh, rehabilitation interventions on fatigue and cognition. And for a doctor, these findings are easily accessible when you go to the pages appeco.net and look at the findings. There are all the evidence on the field of cognitive rehabilitation in MS and even practical material, how rehabilitation should be conducted. Well, Paive, thank you very much for a really interesting talk. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the MS podcast by Sanofi Genzyme. <laughs>